So I was going to ask you the question, have you ever said something and did not think about the unintended consequences? But of course, it's a yes with you. All the time. Like every day. That's my job. At least five times a day on the show. (laughs) I don't even know about the other uh, 10 or so hours. I get paid to do that somehow. (laughs) I I still don't understand it. I say that because uh, as I was in the production studio waiting for the uh, crossover to finish up, I heard Whitey Uh say that he had to... uh, had to hurry up and get out of here so I could have my extra 30 seconds. And I said, oh, that, my intent was not to rush Whitey out of the studio. No, that, I don't think that's what he was saying. I think he was just saying as a courtesy. I don't think he felt okay. He felt rushed or like it was an attack on him in some way. I want to be clear. I don't feel bad about it. I just want right. to make sure. That, that wasn't I, your intent. Right. Yeah, I got it, you. It's more about having time to. Yeah. Do my whole thing. I even here told him you show. you pleaded for an extra minute or ninety seconds in the break because it's not so much about what I mean. Whitey does have to get out in a timely fashion, but I think he does. You're just saying the break itself sometimes not long. Yeah, enough. I will say yeah. that people have been very nice about it. Cal Draper, Whitey, yeah. Al Matson, Deuce and Mo when they were here, uh, people got out pretty quickly, mm-hmm. and I appreciate that. Mm-hmm. So it's it's not the people in front of us. It's the uh, it's the idea of just not having enough time from the end of show to how long the break. And then if there isn't a lot of sports news and Simone's Simone's update is a little shorter than yes. usual, that can that can that can rush things also. And as we know, Simone cuts off words, which also shortens that does shorten it. Yes, the headline from time <laughs> like to time. We haven't done that in months. Like Reeves, <laughs> Reeves. She's she's taking off a whole half second with going Reeves instead of rebounds. That's not even a you know half second. I mean? Stop it. I'll never forget Simone. I'll never forget. Oh, I knew you were going to cook me that day. <laughs> All right, let's uh, let's start with the 49ers, shall we? So they had a terrific season last year despite the circumstances. I, I don't know. the Niners. The Niners. Yeah, I like to shorten things. Okay. You know? So the Niners. Yeah. Uh, so they had a, uh, a terrific season when you look at the circumstances that they were handed, right? They, they weren't very healthy at several spots on the roster, especially quarterback. They went through three different quarterbacks and still got to the NFC Championship game. And as we walked into the offseason a few months ago, it was time for us to evaluate the roster and, and what talent they had on this team. And for players, it's time for them to self-evaluate. And apparently, uh, Debo Samuel, who spoke with the media yesterday, did a lot of self-evaluation because here's what he had to say about his season. What was said and done last year? How, would, how did you, would you assess your season last year? Oh, it was awful. <laughs> it was awful. Yeah. In what way? Every aspect. Do you just said every aspect, but uh, did that leave a, a bitter taste in your mouth? Oh, yeah, for sure. Uh, me and Kyle had a long meeting the other day. We watched tape. Um, we talked about it. We put it behind us. And um, just going through the tape and just look how sluggish and, like, how bad it looked on tape. Um, like I said, uh, just reflecting on last offseason, it kind of played a big role in that. And I never put nothing like that back on tape again. I like the writers. They're like, uh, awful. Can you drill down on that for me, Are you saying me, Dookie? Are you saying you yeah. played like Dookie, Can we Debo? get into uh, specifics? Why Why do you feel like you were so awful? Uh, do you agree with that assessment, Ron? Honestly, Nick, I I don't. I didn't. I mean, I got to take his word for it. I don't I don't get the all 22. You know what I mean? I'm not I'm not breaking down tape. He said him and Kyle Shanahan sat down and looked at the tape and they saw what they saw and they and and they 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 seemed to agree on it that it was it wasn't the greatest and he said he was sluggish. Now, his numbers they dropped off. He only had 56 catches, 632 yards and two touchdowns. He also ran for 232 and uh, had three more touchdowns. On, on the ground. But 
I personally attribute it from from watching the games, you know, just watching the games. Again, not the all 22 and breaking down the tape, but just from watching the games and then sort of following the storyline, the path that the 49ers and Debo Samuel went down last year. He had injuries that he was playing through that caused him to miss four games. And on top of that, you had you went through three different quarterbacks, man. You know what I mean? And you ended up with Brock Purdy, mystery relevant as your quarterback for the last six games of the regular season. That that's what I chalked up chalked up the drop in production to. Yeah. And whatever physical drop off I saw from Debo Samuel. I'll never fault a guy who goes out there and plays hurt and and is fighting through injuries and maybe doesn't quite look himself. I wouldn't call it awful. Was it subpar for Debo Samuel and maybe what you've come to expect from him? Yeah, but I thought that there were reasons and circumstances that sort of led to that, and I, I wouldn't I wouldn't call him awful or, or say that he he didn't look sluggish to me for most of the time. Yeah, awful's a little strong, right? Strong to quite strong from Debo. I, I think that's him being frustrated with what happened a year ago. He knows that he is capable of more. I don't think anybody could debate the idea that he took a step back last season. You go back two years ago, he was a better football player. There was an apparent step back last season. And frankly, coming off of all the drama, it looked even worse, right? And maybe that's a part of this. Maybe that's why Debo is going so hard on himself, saying that he was awful, because he understands what the optics were last offseason. He's at clubs and stuff like that, you know, saying with the sign language to the throat, I'm not going to be back with the Niners and all of the contract garbage that we went through. We had to sift through so much stuff with Debo and then he comes off of that contract negotiation and getting paid and takes a step back on the field. So I think some of his hard criticism to himself is because of that situation. But there's no denying, Rami, he took a step back. Look, two touchdowns is ridiculous. Two touchdowns receiving is just it's it's not good enough. If you're getting paid like a number one receiver, you need more than two touchdowns, even given the fact that he played less games last year. Two touchdowns is not enough. I would also say that the biggest statistic to me that stands out, if you want to talk about sluggish, whatever the word adjective you want to use, the fact that he was down seven yards per catch, that is a gigantic amount of yardage. That is a big chunk. Like you might sit there and say seven yards is not a big deal. That is a big deal. As an average, that is a huge deal. Also, given the fact, Rami, that he had less catches. He had less catches last year and had a lot less yards per catch. You would think, all right, maybe the law of averages, if the guy has 115 catches, he's not going to be able to average 17, 18 yards a catch, but he dropped seven yards. And I think that's what he might be hitting at when he says sluggish. Like the impact plays, the explosive plays weren't there as consistently as you would hope from Debo last year. I just love the honesty. I love a guy that can come out look straight to the media and say, I was awful. In what way can you tell us? I was awful in every way. I stunk. We watched the film. Me and Coach watched the film, and I was embarrassed. That was shameful what happened to me last year. So I do think you could look at the quarterback situation, even though Ayuk's numbers went up, which is interesting given the quarterback situation. But all in all, step back, I wouldn't say awful. And what you just said about Ayuk is is the next point I wanted to make, Nick, which is – I also look at it, and I think they were asking less of of Debo Samuel in terms of his role in the offense. Some of it by the emergence of a Brandon Ayuk, and some of it was 
the way that they used him in pre in the previous season was out of necessity because you didn't have a running back because it was ravaged the, the position was ravaged by injuries. You went and got Christian McCaffrey, man. So not only did you not need a running back anymore, yeah. your running back was a major part of your passing game. Yep. Which, which takes a chunk out of I think Debo's production and the size of his role in this offense. I think less was asked of him. He was playing through injuries and missed time due to injuries and you had a quarterback situation that was up and down. In terms of the physical performance of Debo Samuel, yeah. look, some of yeah, there there was probably a drop off in seven yards per reception would certainly indicate that. But I think there were also other mitigating factors that you could point to in a drop off of production for Debo Samuel. And some of that is a good thing for the 49ers. You know what I mean? It's a good thing that you're asking less of that, that guy. Yeah, you don't because, have to rely on one guy. Because you have so many good players right. that the quarterback can distribute the ball to. And that's why I think when you look at the ceiling of Debo in this offense, when you look at the ceiling of this offense, we all have to keep the things that you just mentioned in mind, especially when we discuss Debo. Because I don't think, as I punch my microphone, I don't think he is a wide receiver number one. I think Brandon Ayuk right now is the team's number one wide receiver. And I think Brandon Ayuk is going to be the guy that's going to be given those opportunities. So is he really the wide receiver one? Not necessarily. Run CMC, you mentioned it. He's a different kind of running back. He's that running back slash receiver, sometimes more receiver than running back. He is going to continue to impact Debo's role and affect his productivity quarterback we don't know man again we've talked about the quarterback room for the last several months whether it's Trey Lance Sam Donald or small I know I wasn't here but I can say for the last several years it's been a topic of discussion and whether this year it's Lance or Donald or small sample size Brock Purdy we don't know what you're going to get at that position so it's really tough to walk into the season I think with this anticipation this expectation that Debo is going to get back to what he was two or three years ago because I just don't know if the opportunity is going to be there for him. They don't need him to be that. They don't need him to be all that for them to be good. Again, that's a good thing. Your thoughts on Debo's season a year ago and walking into this season. 916-339-1140 is the text line. The phone number is 1-800-920-1140. Don't forget, you can check us out. YouTube.com, Sacktown Sports 1140. We always like those thumbs up. We always like those likes because... uh, more likes means a lot to this brand. And more I, likes, more eyeballs. I just need to be liked. I'm a that fragile, is true. I'm a fragile, that is fragile man. Rami right. is is desperate for being liked. I need your approval and validation. He absolutely needs it. Uh, don't forget that SacktownSports.com as well. It's a fantastic website with tons of content for you. We'll get to your reaction on Debo's words. Also coming up in 90 seconds, the sad reality for one superstar. Cattles and Rami. Cattles and Rami. Sacktown Sports. Happy hump day, everybody. Thanks for joining us as always. We appreciate you. Give us them likes. Trying to get them likes. Scooter916 on Debo says, uh, he looked slow all season. I said it from the first game. He looked heavy, out of shape, didn't have that original burst speed. He was not the Debo we've seen before. And that's how, you know, I mentioned the, the lack of explosive plays uh, that we saw last year from Debo compared to what he did a couple of years ago. And all you got to do is just look at, you know, this yards per catch statistic from year to year. He dropped seven yards. That's a gigantic drop. By the way, uh, there's some significant things happening in the Northeast and in New York with these Canadian wildfires happening. Mm-hmm. 
and it took baseball all day long to postpone the games for whatever reason. Oh, have they done that? Finally? Yeah, they finally got to okay. it. Okay, Rob Rob Manfred's a very busy man. They were running the air purifiers all day and just seeing yeah. if that would take yeah. care of the problem. Well, you know, I mean? you know, Manfred had to worry about his Cheetos and his couch time, and mm-hmm. he, he got, he's got to squeeze that in. He's yeah. got to make sure. Very busy man. He had to write up a statement blaming A's fans that they couldn't get a stadium in Oakland. But they uh, they finally suspended play of, of several games. And uh, Brendan Cutie of The Athletic just tweeted out that uh, an air quality index score of 100 is, that bad? is considered moderate per the EPA. The Bronx air quality index score right now is 324. So that's bad. Yes. Okay. It is in the hazardous category officially. And I was shocked they didn't postpone games last night. But I guess why would I be shocked? Because what does Major League Baseball do well, really? I hate to say it, but I was honestly expecting something like this at least a few days a year when I moved to Northern California. But so far, fingers crossed, so good. Yes. So far, so good. At least in my time here, obviously. So far, so good. But uh, as you said, fingers, fingers, very, very crossed into summertime. Uh, Cattles and Rami here with the Sacktown Sports. Let's let's get back to the PGA Live Golf Agreement because the shockwaves continue to flow throughout uh, the country and in the sports world. We go back to this idea that really none of these golfers had an idea. Nobody had an idea that this was happening. Not Tiger Woods. Not John Rahm, not Rory McIlroy. Nobody had an idea. And uh, Rory finally had some time to meet with the media today, and he was asked about this idea, this scenario of PGA players that decided to stand by the PGA Tour and not take the big fat paycheck from Live Golf. He was asked about getting reimbursed, if that's possible, how that could happen. Uh, Here was Rory earlier today. I mean, the simple answer is yes. The complex answer is how does that happen, right? And that's all, that's all gray area and up, up, up in the air at the minute. But yeah, there's, you know, it's hard, to, it's hard for me to not sit up here and feel somewhat like a sacrificial lamb and, you know, feeling like I've put myself out there and this is what happens. Again, removing myself from the situation, I see how this is better for the game of golf. There's no denying that. But for me as an individual... Yeah, I. there's just going to have to be conversations that are had. All right, we'll get to Rory later. Sorry, Rory. Yeah, we'll Once we'll again. S- Mike check. Mike check. We'll circle back around to Rory. Once again, uh, Rory getting disrespected. Yeah. This guy can't get respect anywhere, damn it. But we got some breaking news out of the NBA. When it breaks, we have it first. It's Sacktown Sports breaking news. Breaking news, breaking news, breaking news, breaking news. Wow, you're really excited about uh, this. Chris Haynes. Tweets out just a moment ago. The Phoenix Suns have notified Chris Paul that he will be waived, making the future Hall of Famer one of the top free agents this offseason. League sources tell the NBA on TNT and Bleacher Report. So Chris Haynes Hmm. reporting that uh, CP3 is gone. He is being waived by the Suns. He had a $15 million partial guarantee. Now, many people thought that, and we were going to talk about this a little bit in a little while, but there was some reporting out there that if anybody was going to be gone from Phoenix this offseason, it was going to be DeAndre Ayton. 
and that Chris Paul was seemingly safe, quote-unquote. Dominating out. Not so much no. for CP3. So uh, CP3 has been told he's going to get waived by the Suns. Huh. And uh, look. I wonder what the end game is here. The first thing, the first thing you have to at least ponder is whether or not Chris Paul will be a Laker next year. Makes all the sense in the world. They finally get Chris Paul. Can they find a way to to get Chris Paul to L.A.? D'Angelo Russell is a free agent. I have to look at the uh, Lakers salary cap Austin situation. Austin is a restricted free agent. Rui Hachimura is a free agent. Yeah, they got a bunch of guys. Um, and, and he's going to get a $15 million partial guarantee. So you don't have to. Now, look, unless Chris Paul wants every last cent, which is his right, he might say, no, I still want $25, 30000000 million if I'm going to play next year. But he's getting $15 million as the partial guarantee. So does that mean whoever signs him has to pay him at least that much? Or does that mean No, he's gonna get that fifteen from million Suns? from the Suns. Okay. It's how I how I believe it goes. Right. You got a partial guarantee, they're just, they're gonna eat the money, is what I believe is going to happen here. And if that's the case, then you know, CP three doesn't necessarily need to break the bank. He's gonna be looking to go to the best place possible. And when you look at the situation in LA They've got the cap space. I mean, right now they're at $104.5 million if they, you know, renounce the number of their guys. Uh, I also believe that includes Malik Beasley's $16.5 million, which we've heard they're not going to bring Beasley back. So they have more than enough money to bring in Chris Paul, and we know that Chris Paul is super close with LeBron James. Mm-hmm. Honestly, as if, if I'm a Kings fan or a fan of any team out West, that doesn't that doesn't strike a lot of fear in me. You know what I mean? Chris Paul, good player. But when when you look at – it depends on what else happens with that roster. Teaming Chris Paul with LeBron James and Anthony Davis doesn't strike the fear in me that it might have five years ago or six years ago. Chris Paul hasn't finished the job his entire career. And the older he gets, the harder it seems for him just to finish a season. He keeps breaking down at the end of seasons and in playoff runs. And that usually doesn't stop happening – as you get older, you're adding him to an aging LeBron James and an Anthony Davis, who we know his health problems and his his inconsistency when it comes to his performance, especially offensively. Chris Paul, if he indeed does end up with the Lakers, doesn't really scare me in terms of of what it what it means for the Kings. Makes a lot of sense for the Lakers, sure. On a on a few different levels. Number one, if you don't want Kyrie Irving, because LeBron wants him. We we talked about that two days ago when the Kyrie story came out. By the way, who reported the Kyrie story? Sham Sharania, one of the best insiders. So he gets good information, folks. And Shams was, you know, reporting that Kyrie reached out to LeBron. Now, this is just purely speculation. Maybe even borderline conspiracy theory, which I know you love, Rami. Let's say these conversations have happened. We usually get this news like a week or two after it actually happens, right? So let's say Kyrie reached out to LeBron and the true intention was to go to L.A. and play with LeBron, not LeBron going to Dallas. LeBron finds out that, hey, look, we don't want Kyrie. Now, LeBron knows throughout this season in the early portion of the offseason that the Lakers were not interested in Kyrie Irving. So if if LeBron doesn't believe in D'Angelo Russell, which he obviously doesn't because he's been dreaming of Kyrie Irving, what's the next best thing for LeBron? 
his buddy. Yeah. CP3. And for the Lakers, you don't have to give CP3 a three, four, five-year deal. You give him a year deal, a one-year deal. And now you've got LeBron, who's in his late 30s, CP3 in his late 30s. And you don't have to necessarily handcuff yourself down the road or put yourself in a terrible cap position by bringing in CP3 like you'd have to with Kyrie because Kyrie is going to use Dallas as leverage. And if you bring in Kyrie, you got to pay him three, four years of like probably close to max money. With CP3, short-term, shorter money, and you might appease LeBron to keep his mouth closed. Yeah, much less of a commitment. Fits your timeline a lot better in terms of it investing resources or assets or money beyond LeBron's timeline in term when when you look at his age and his contract situation. I've talked about throughout that I wouldn't I wouldn't invest or mortgage too much of my future with what one or two more years of commitment in in actuality with LeBron James and I so I've I've supported the Lakers resistance to doing just that getting a CP3 isn't doing that. It's it's maximizing the window that you have with LeBron without committing to anything in terms of anyone beyond that timeline. So it does make sense, but again, doesn't really terrify me. All and that for much. the Suns, what does this do? Uh, what it does is yeah, what it, are they up to? They That's can set I'm themselves up about. if they do a few things here. They can get themselves the uh, full non-taxpayer mid-level exception, which would be around twelve million, I believe. So that might be part of this thing, that they're trying to free up that mid-level exception money. And look, man, if you're if you're Phoenix, campaign's played well. Campaign was terrific in CP3's absence. So you might not feel like you absolutely need Chris Paul. You can run campaign out there. You got Devin Booker and Kevin Durant. You're going to run a lot of offense through those guys. Yeah. So it's not a necessity. So interesting move in the NBA, though. We've got... Uh, We've got CP3 being told he'll be waived by the Suns again. I I would be surprised if he's not a Laker within the next couple of weeks. I'd, I'd be very surprised if by NBA free agency time, CP3 is not in L.A. with his buddy Bron Bron. Uh, speaking of the Lakers, they got more decisions that they're going to make, including maybe a surprising one. We'll get to that next. So we just broke the news to you that uh, Chris Paul is going to be waived by the Phoenix Suns, which makes him a free agent. Somewhat surprising move in the NBA today. Uh, And Chris Haynes followed his tweet up of breaking that news about Chris Paul, tweeting that uh, Paul plans to play several more years. Several. 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 Is he 38? 39? Several? Yeah, he's up there. He couldn't finish the playoffs this year. I mean, that's what he's planning on. He's 38. He hasn't consulted the rest of the NBA on that. That's, I planned what, on, that's what he's planning on. Right. I, I planned on being a millionaire by 35. Same. How'd that work? Yeah. Same here. How'd that work out? Not too well. Uh, so he, he plans to play several more years, and Haynes also adds that Paul is eager to help a team contend for a championship, which several is not uh, surprising that he wants to join a contender. We mentioned the Lakers. To me, the Lakers are just so obvious. So obvious as a fit. Some other teams. Dallas. If Kyrie doesn't stay in Dallas, I would imagine Kyrie's going to stay in Dallas, though. But Dallas would be on that list. The Miami Heat, if they don't bring back Gabe Vincent. 
and, you know, dependent on Kyle Lowry, who's uh, washed. And maybe even Philadelphia. You know, if, if James Harden goes to Houston, then the point guard spot could open up in Philly. Yeah. And you've got, you know, CP3, Joel Embiid, and Tyrese Maxey to go along with Tobias Harris and the rest of those cats. I have to do it because we're local sports talk radio hosts. Any interest? No. <laughs> no. Okay. Is he going to supplant the Aaron Fox? No. <laughs> Nothing. Go small? Nothing. I had to. You know I had to, right? I'd be very surprised if it wasn't One of the us Lakers. had to. Would not be surprised if it wasn't the Lakers. Like, again, it, it just it, it makes all the sense in the world. They've been trying to get Chris Paul for 12 years. Remember the David, the trade David Stern rejected? Yeah. And Le- LeBron's wanted to play alongside him for, like, his whole career. Yeah. No, it makes all the sense in the world. And that's something where, like, LeBron, you know, LeBron could walk in and be like, Hey, can you get me CP3 now? I already placed the phone call, Rob Palenka. All you got to do is just finish this up. If it's that easy to go and get him and they don't, oh, LeBron is going to be fuming. Imagine if they just bring back D'Angelo Russell and the Lakers. Palenka uh, said no to Kyrie and said no to CP3. Two guys (laughs) LeBron wants to play aside. Oh, man, he's going to pout all next season. Can you imagine that? It's going to be fun to watch. Scooter says, no, Rami, you didn't have to. Meanwhile, Joe DeRose said, why not Sacramento for veteran leadership? See, that's why I had to, Scooter. Inquiring minds want to know. Joe DeRose just loves throwing the gasoline on the fire, my friend. (laughs) Whenever he can just, uh, you know, interject himself into a conversation. Veteran leadership, man. Veteran leadership, Nick. So uh, use some veteran leadership. That's up with uh, that's what's up with Chris Paul. Meanwhile, uh, Eric Corgi. I'm sorry. It's okay. Said how you get fired on your day off. The famous line from yeah. Friday talking about Chris Paul. Yeah, that's a great line. I mean, if we if, if we want to, you know, I, I guess if you want to describe getting paid almost sixteen million dollars to go away. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I I wouldn't mind getting fired if it meant I was walking away with sixteen mil. I could get fired today for Amen. 16 mil. And right. he's he's going to go to another place and make 16 more mil. I do love my job. Yeah. Cash grab. Cash grab. I go away for 16 mil. Uh, <laughs> meanwhile, uh, Eric Corgi. Eric Corgi, who is the, the Corgi that's been picking games through the NBA and NHL playoffs, by the way. And if you're wondering, Eric Corgi has a 70% accuracy rate. This is the dog that... Knocks the basketballs into With the hoops nose. down the stairs. With his, Man, yeah. That's a that's a D plus average. Seventy percent. D plus. Listen, if you get seventy percent right in Vegas, you're going to be a very rich person. <laughs> seventy thirty ain't bad. Uh, and if you're wondering, Eric Corgi has Denver in six as we oh. get ready for Game Three tonight. Okay. That's what I said. Denver in six. That's what I said as well. Also myself, I believe. Um, <laughs> We're in seven. No, I said seven. <laughs> Did I say seven? Yes. Okay. I said six. You said seven. I don't remember what I say. JJ said five. Okay. So JJ needs three straight from Denver. It's over, Hova. It's over. Sweet. <laughs> Down in Miami? I don't think so. Uh, speaking of the Lakers, though, so Anthony Davis is extension eligible this offseason. They, they could give him a big, fat contract extension. But Dave McMenamin from ESPN, who we've had on the show here before, a friend of the program, uh, says he does not see that happening. He, he does not believe the Lakers are going to give AD that extension. And if you're wondering, 
AD has an early termination option next year, which means he can tell the team he don't want to come back. After next season. He's got to be like, it's got to be something like four years into into the deal or something okay. along those lines. Uh, so he can say thanks, but no thanks. But this is interesting, Rami, because after this year, AD only has one year left on the contract. So if you're the Lakers and you don't give him that extension this offseason, you're risking this idea of you know him saying, you know what, I'll just play the string out and I'll walk into free agency. So maybe the Lakers are asking AD in a certain way to uh, prove his worth because, he, look, he's a very important player for that team, but he also has a long injury history. He's 30 years old, mm-hmm. and he just disappears from time to time. Yeah, getting in the long-term Anthony Davis business is not necessarily the, the wisest investment when you look at his track record, and this kind of goes back to what we were just saying with Chris Paul and the LeBron James timeline, Nick. In the NBA, I know you read it. John Hollinger had a great piece last week in The Athletic about how teams have gotten themselves into a state of stuckness because of big contracts that they've taken on. I think that the Lakers are being very cautious to not be stuck with something in the post-LeBron era. Yeah. You know what I mean? If they if they had a longer, some sort of, if, if it's something that they want, LeBron up there in years as well. But if they had some some sort of more long-term commitment from LeBron James and how long he was going to be in a Lakers uniform, maybe I'm I'm investing in, in Anthony Davis a little bit more long-term. Maybe I'm looking into getting into business with Kyrie Irving and a long-term contract if that's something that I can do. But if you if you do that, if you plan for three, four, five years down the road and LeBron is gone in a year or two, you could find yourself stuck like a lot of other organizations are right now with some combination of players that don't work on contracts that nobody wants. Right. You know yep. what I mean? I think I think that's one of the things that they sort of have in the periphery is what are we going to do post-LeBron? And Anthony Davis is certainly something that they have to consider when asking themselves that question. And to be the responsible organization, the responsible franchise, you've got to think that way as well. Look, LeBron's got a player option for 24-25. He's going to play this year because he's going to make $47 million. He's got a $50 million player option for 24-25. So, yeah, you've got to keep an open mind, and you've got to have probably several different possible pathways mm-hmm. if you're Rob Palinka to continue to contend. That's why I say the Chris Paul thing makes a lot of sense because, yeah, I know he wants to play for several years. But if you're if you're the Lakers and you're LeBron, you go year to year with Chris Paul. Hey, man, sign for a year with an option because LeBron's got an option. And then after this coming year, you can look back if you're Rob Palenka and you've got AD on his early termination option, you've got LeBron on his player option, and maybe you have CP3 on a player option, and it's, hey, are we going to run this thing back for one more swing, or can I get off of all of these contracts and just right. restart the engine here? Yep. So I, I think it makes a lot of sense for the Lakers from that standpoint. There's no doubt about that. All right, your thoughts on CP3 getting waived. If you got him, 916-339-1140 is the text Several line. Several more years. The phone number is 1-800-920-1140. also want to tell you that all guests come to you from the Folsom Lake Honda hotline. Folsom Lake Honda is your one-stop Honda shop. Big deal or no big deal is coming up. 
How big is it? No matter what, national pundits would tell you it's huge. Now it's our turn to tell you. Big deal or no big deal? On Cattles and Robbie. All right, here we are on a Wednesday. Big deal or no big deal? If you were wondering, yes, gambling is a thing that's happening in the NFL. And uh, is it a serious thing is, is really the question here. But there's, uh, there's, some, there's some gambling going on. There's some uh, shenanigans happening. And the latest example and story of these shenanigans in the NFL has to do with uh, Colts cornerback and kick returner Isaiah Rogers. Rami Rogers is under investigation by the NFL for pervasive gambling. Uh, reportedly, Rogers made at least a hundred bets under an associate's name, and uh, some of those bets included bets on his own team, the Colts. This would be an issue. Uh, here was Ian Rappaport of the NFL Network with Pat McAfee talking about Rogers in this investigation. First of all, uh, he has put out a statement acknowledging it seems like a lot of this, right? I mean, he has taken full responsibility, which I guess is good. Um, but it seems like, look, what we know is the yeah, NFL it's is, good. Yeah, what sure. if, yeah, it's good. Yeah. Well, I mean, it's good, but it also all allegedly happened, and it is something the NFL is looking into. So it's taking full responsibility after you've gotten caught is good, but it's also all that stuff happened, uh, and it's all really bad allegedly. Um, the NFL is looking into it. I know when the first kind of batch of these came, you know, we sort of knew there was maybe a couple others that existed around the same time. This was one of them. It seems like this, just based on the initial reports, was a little more expansive. Um, and we'll see what punishment he gets. But it, the you talked about potential banishment, which is suspended a year. Uh, if that is the case, I mean, that's that's pretty significant. Yeah, that's pretty significant. Uh, also significant, Rami, is more reporting on the NFL and the issue of gambling. Burt Breer this week reported that the NFL is investigating gambling allegations involving even more players. Breer noted that the uh, rumors have swirled for weeks that the NFL's latest probe could implicate, quote, a healthy number of guys from across the league, unquote. Don't like that wording. I don't even know if we should ask big deal or no big deal or just how big of a deal is this. This is a big deal. It is a big this deal. This is a big deal. And Nick, it's a first of all, the I'm sorry, what's the I don't have it in front of me, the kick returner from the Colts? That would be Isaiah Rogers. Dude, that that's that goes beyond the pale in terms of how big a deal it is. And that that but beyond that, even that aside, because that would be a problem in any era when gambling was legal, not legal, betting on your own team and your own sport is a huge deal, and I think that that's that's sort of an extraordinary circumstance. I don't think a lot of guys are doing that. But, Nick, I would bet a lot of these investigations that are going on right now are into minor infractions like we saw with a lot of Lions players, including Jamison Williams, who we talked about it while you were out. He he said, I, I to this day, still am not sure what I did that got me suspended because – there are a lot of little wrinkles yeah. in the NFL's gambling policy. Now that it's at everyone's fingertips and athletes can can gamble almost no matter where they are just by picking up their phone and doing it, 
they're allowed to do it, but there are a lot of little wrinkles in where they're allowed to do it, what sports they're allowed to bet on, who's allowed to place bets for them, et cetera, et cetera, that I think it's going to be real easy for a bunch of players to get lost in the sauce of all this all this wording and terminology and, and the gambling rules for the NFL and get themselves in trouble without even really knowing what they did to get themselves in trouble. I think this is a big deal and it's going to keep getting bigger for the NFL until they wrap their arms around it and really educate guys or just say zero tolerance policy, no gambling until you retire. One of Roger Goodell's favorite things to say is the integrity of the game. And if you've got a lot of guys gambling within the game, integrity is an issue, especially if those players are betting on their own teams like Isaiah Rogers is doing, especially if these players are bigger names than Isaiah Rogers. Like you could look at Isaiah Rogers and say, okay, you know, he's going to get somewhat dismissed because how much can he impact the game and how much is he playing and all that. But if we're talking about one of the superstar quarterbacks, could you imagine? So, yes, integrity of the game is crucial. And with these kinds of stories, it's going to come into question. And speaking of superstars, Rami, one of the questions that we have to ask about the NFL, with this investigation that Burt Breer is is writing about and reporting about, if they do unearth a superstar's name, what do they do? Does the NFL keep it quiet? Do they do something to, you know, we'll just uh, take care of that? Or are they going to come out publicly and punish a superstar? I mean, again, let's just hypothetically say Patrick Mahomes, we find out, has gambled dozens of times on NFL games. You heard it here first. Patrick Mahomes has gambled dozens of times on NFL games. Hypothetically. Breaking news. What would the NFL do? Do you think the NFL would come out and punish Patrick Mahomes? Or would they do their best to be like, "Eh, you know what, we might want to sweep this one under the rug? I mean, they haven't been shy about going after God. Now, I wasn't gambling, but for past infractions, right, Nick? You know, as well as anybody. They went after Tom Brady and Bill Belichick Sham. in Deflate Gate and Video Gate or whatever they were, whatever word they threw in front of Gate because journalism is lazy these days. In the height of their of their of their dynasty, when Tom Brady was the face of this league, they suspended him four games. Whether you think it's a sham or not. They certainly didn't shy away from handing out a punishment that they thought a guy deserved, despite the fact that he had a high profile in the league, the highest profile in the league at the time. So I got to believe that they would be transparent about it and it would be on the up and up and we'd hear about it and there would be consequences. But then again, I didn't know we had UFOs of non-human origin out here. You know what I mean? Things happen. Conspiracies happen that that we don't really know about in the shadows. You know what I mean? That we don't really know about, Nick. So who knows what has gotten swept under the rug in the NFL that we just never heard of because they did a good job of sweeping it under the rug. And here's the thing. There's, you know, there's no way the NFL is going to run away from this because, you know, in the big picture, because they're not going to run away from the money. They're not going to run away from the money that gambling is providing. They're leaning in. They're putting sports books in stadiums, my man. Like, they're not going to run away from this. Gambling is here to stay. The money that they're going to get is here to stay. And they're not going to do anything to jeopardize those millions upon millions upon millions of dollars they're getting because of these partnerships and relationships. Mm -hmm. So as long as there's gambling, you're going to have some guys that get involved with it. It's just how do you handle it? And do you handle it publicly or do you handle it privately? I don't know. And all these, all these apps and websites and everything, Nick, they have very, 
very good and advanced tracking technology in terms of who's placing the bets, where they're placing bets from, which is another thing. You're not allowed to place bets on team property or on team buses or flights. They know. They're geo-tracking all this stuff, man. They're geo-tracking all this stuff, and they're reporting it to the leagues. It's it's A lot of guys are going to get caught up in this. I, I wouldn't be surprised if we're looking at a dozen, two do- a, few, a couple of dozen uh, suspensions because of gambling in the NFL throughout this season as until they get their hands around it. So there you have it. Big deal or no big deal. It's a big deal. It's just how big of a deal mm-hmm. is it going to be? Yep. And I'm sure the NFL is very, very nervous and concerned by the possible findings of this investigation. So we'll see what uh, what the result is of this expansive investigation and, and how ugly it's going to get. Coming up, is Nikola Jokic getting too much attention after Game 2? Cattles and Ronnie. Sacktown Sports.